I'll encourage us to turn to um, Galatians chapter 5. We'll get to that in a moment. As, um, as Brother Molitor was talking about how much pain my parents must have gone through, if only you knew. <laughs> and they might say, if only I knew. Um, but it is wonderful to look back on how God leads us. That God never leaves us alone. As we were going through this service, it was interesting to me, the things that were coming to my mind. I was reminded of times where, different moments in my life where I turned to the Lord and saying, God, can you do anything with this? Can you turn my ship, can you turn my path in a better direction? Because I need redemption. Um, there's a lot of those moments in my life that I was just remembering. There's a home, mom and dad, back in Georgia that we lived in for, I don't know, it must have been, I don't know, I feel like about a year. It was the home that would not sell, and um, no matter what we did, even though it was my favorite home that we lived in, and in that, in that place, I remember that there was a moment where I came to the Lord and just asking him, I'm not following you in the ways that I see you outlining for me, and I'm not knowing you in the ways that I want to, and just calling out to him again. And kind of in that pattern that you may do as a child who grows up in the church, like, okay, maybe I need to get saved again, kind of that kind of a cry. Because obviously you just need to get saved all over again. Um, but that was one of the moments that came to my mind. Or remembering in college, just struggling in different ways with my own sin. And these times of throwing myself on the floor and on the ground and asking God, can you forgive me for this? And can you forgive me in such a way that I still have some use? I don't know if any of you have ever been through moments like that, but just tracing again that God is faithful and the things that God puts us into is only because of him. So as we look at Galatians chapter 5, I was reading with a friend about the fruit of the Spirit, and I want to turn us there. And this will relate, I will connect it to our passage. But Galatians chapter 5, he talks about this fruit of the Spirit. But I'm going to back up first when he talks about these works of the flesh. So verse 18, but if ye be led by the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Verse 19, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, Variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit, and listen to this, the kingdom of God. I want to think about the kingdom of God. So when we talk about the fruits of the Spirit, it actually is directly related to the kingdom of God. Because after giving this list of all these things that get in the way of our inheriting the kingdom of God, then he goes on and says, hey, but the fruit of the Spirit, verse 22, is love, joy. And as you look at this list, 
I want you to just ask yourself, and as a friend asked me this week, which one are you most aching for growth in? So take a look at the list. Now, I want you to identify one. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Makes me think about 1 Corinthians 13, where he talks so much about what love truly is. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. Jesus said he's come that we could have joy to the full. Peace. He says, my peace I give unto you, not like the world gives. There is a specific peace that is from God. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Meekness. By the way, that word faith there could also be, and is often interpreted, faithfulness. Being faithful. Meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. As you look at that list, I'll give you a moment. Because I do want you to identify one that you are most aching for. So take the moment. As I was considering the list, I was drawn to the word faith and faithfulness. Um, Just right now in my life, I'm just challenged. Okay, Lord, can you grow me in this area? Because I'm seeing where it hurts others if I am not growing in that area of faithfulness. I looked up the, the, the Greek word behind it, and it really has this idea of one who can be counted on. Someone who can be counted on. And recently I've just run into several moments where maybe I disappointed Abby and let her down, and I don't like what that does. Or in my role at um, Hope Academy, where just recently there was a parent communication that I missed, and this parent reached out to me and said, hey, I basically, I feel like I can't count on you. And I felt that. I don't like that. It's something that then I'm asking the Lord, help me to grow, and it brings this aching in me to grow. Do you have one? If you do, say amen. As we say amen with that, what we are saying in that is that there is a hunger in us for something that only God gives. Are you hungry? How would your life be different if you had that? That fruit of the Spirit more and more. Why is it that that one matters to you? Think about that for a moment. Why is it that also I may not have experienced it to the degree that I feel like God is saying I need to experience that fruit of the Spirit to display it? What has gotten in the way? Would your life change in better ways if this fruit was more and more coming out of our lives? Let's pray. Father, we come to you a hungry people. And you come to us, an overflowing God. We come to you a poor people. And you come to us, a rich God. We come to you 
in a lot of ways broken. And you come to us, a healing God. And God, I ask then that as we have expressed to you that we have this that we are aching for, that you have placed in your word and said, this is a fruit that is good. And there's no law against it. And this is connected to your kingdom. You've come to us and said, hey, this is something I have for you. And we are coming to you and saying, that is what we are hungry for. And that is what we are thirsty for. Father, would you satisfy our hunger? And would you satisfy our thirst? And maybe it is a bit that we need to be more hungry than we have been. So develop that hunger in us. You said if we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we shall be filled. So we thank you for that promise. And we come to you in light of that promise to look into your word now. And to hopefully inherit more of what you are giving. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. So Joshua, chapter 1. This passage is one that was actually the first passage, I believe, that my dad had us memorize as kids. Joshua 1, verses 1 through 9. And I remember as a kid going away and saying, okay, I have to memorize my verse for this week or for this, this day. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, just reciting over and over until I get this into my heart. And this passage has come back to me over and over and over again through the years. And I should say thank you, Dad, for that. Because it's a passage that, as you meant at that time to instruct us, I don't think you could have known even how much it would instruct us. But I think you had a vision for that. After the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua. So God is going to speak unto Joshua, and I want to connect our thirst for this fruit of the Spirit, which is connected to the kingdom of God, to Joshua's hunger and thirst for a promised land. That's what I want to connect. So as you think about Joshua, a man who is, at this time when God is speaking to him, on one side of the Jordan, and in the future he's going to step across that Jordan River and inherit a promised land, not for himself only, but for the whole people. That's where he's at right now. And in some sense, I'm saying we stand, gazing across a water to where God is calling us into greater experience of his promise. So this fruit that we're asking God for more and more, it's like we're gazing across the river to that. And God is saying, I'm calling you to inherit that. So first of all, my first point is God's present call. Notice that this comes after Moses has died. There is a, a sense of, okay, there's the end of an era for Joshua. And he's called into this new era. And he still has a calling. He had been ministering to Moses. That was his calling then. And now there's a present call again. Not only that, but God says to him, okay, Moses is dead. He says, verse 2, now therefore arise. Now in this present time, there's a purpose to stand up. There's a purpose to get up. There is a purpose. As God has brought us into the year 2024, there is a purpose now for us to stand up. There is a purpose now for us to get up and to arise. A present call. Now, therefore, arise, go. Not just stand up, but move towards something. Is God moving you towards something? When I ask you, is there more of this fruit of the Spirit that we want to experience? Are we going? Is there something to move toward? Is it love? 
Is it meekness? Is it faith? Is it temperance, that self-control? What is it that we are moving toward? As Joshua was called to move toward a physical kingdom, a promised land. Yes, God gives us a call. I'm reminded in Matthew 28 when Jesus rises and he actually ascends up into the heavens. He tells his people there that they have a present purpose and call. And we know it, but I want to read it again. Matthew 28, he says this. And Jesus spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. They are coming from a season of time where Christ has been with them, and now Christ is going to be away from them. But there is still a purpose and a present call, just as there is for us today. Go ye therefore. Notice that word, go. There is a present movement. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, and here's the promise, I am with you. That has been on my mind since the Christmas season began. Emmanuel, God with us. How do I live differently? Because God is with me. As a matter of fact, I can only live differently as I ought to because God is with me. Lo, I am with you. And for how long? Always. Even unto the end of the world. Amen. There is a present call. Notice the parallel of these words of Jesus to his disciples, and indeed to us, that parallels to what God says to Joshua. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as I was with Moses. So I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. That's a promise that God gives to Joshua a promise he gave to Moses, and it's a promise he gives to you and to me. Was God with Moses? Yes or no? Was God with Joshua? Yes or no? Is God with you? Yes or no? Yes. This aching that we have for the Spirit of God to move in us more for this fruit is given with a promise. I have a desire that God promises to deliver. So we have a promise, a promise that we are called to inherit. And I want to then point us now, I'm trying to make sure I move with good, good speed. I, I can tend to go long, so I want to make sure that I end right on time. Um, this kingdom of God, I wrote a whole page of scriptures that we see in the New Testament pointing us to this kingdom and what it is. And it is something that is a mystery. As a matter of fact, in scripture, it is often called a mystery of the kingdom that God is revealing. But this kingdom of God that we see reflected in the fruit of the spirit is one that we have a present experience and a future experience. Because it's really about God's rule everywhere. 
And right now, God's rule is in us, his people. Does God rule in our hearts? So we experience the kingdom of God. But there's also this aching and a waiting for a kingdom that will not be now, when God comes and there's a new heaven and there's a new earth and God's rule is everywhere in a way that we don't experience in this present age. And so I just want to acknowledge that there is that. But for us at this time, God's kingdom, as Christ kind of said to us, is within you. Does he rule in such a way that his fruit comes out of you? That we overflow with that kind of a fruit? I don't have time to go over that whole page of scriptures on the kingdom, but just to say again and connect that, this fruit of the Spirit is also our experience of his kingdom and his power in us, his people. So with that in mind, let's go to God's call for Joshua. So this is my second point, that God had a specific call for Joshua. And in that call, one, he says, you're going to divide the inheritance for this people. So specifically when God says, arise, go, you're going to cause this people to inherit the kingdom. And if you put yourself in Joshua's shoes, he had been waiting 40 years for this. Right? He was in the original group that went in to check out the promised land, and they said, oh, this is great, this is good. God's promised it to us, we can go. But the they that said that was him and Caleb, and the rest of the spies said, this is too much for us and it's not going to happen and caused the people to doubt and to regret and to fear and to be distracted. And they missed out for 40 years. But notice also that even though Joshua had that faith in that moment, he has to wait those 40 years to experience what he had faith for the whole time. And God's call to Joshua in that moment, he's, he gives him an action plan. He says a few things several times over. In verse 6, you'll notice God says, Be strong and of a good courage. Why? Because unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land. You need to be strong and you need to be courageous because there's a whole group of people that is waiting on you to do what I've called you to do. Be strong and courageous. Verse 7, Only be thou strong and very courageous. Why? That thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Don't turn from it to the right hand or to the left. Don't be distracted. That thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You're going to speak my word all the times. And then verse 9, he says the same sort of a thing. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. God says, be strong, be courageous, and also meditate on my word that I've already spoken. That's God's action plan for, for Joshua. Be strong. Be courageous. Meditate on my word. And this is the way in which you're going to move into this promise. I think God's word there to Joshua is similar to us. Do we need to be strong? Do I need to be courageous? That of the fruit of the spirit that I want displayed in my life, it's going to require a strength and a courage. We do have an enemy that wants to steal from the kingdom of God, and he will try to discourage us. We must be courageous people. We also must meditate upon the word of God. So with that, 
This also relates, it's kind of a flip side, but God gives Joshua warnings against some dangers. Fear is one of them. He says, do not be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And remember that passage also that um, Mr. Molitor read for us from, from Luke. Christ said there in that passage, fear not. Fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Do not be afraid. Also, we need to be aware of the warning, do not fear, do not be discouraged. How many times are we going to struggle to show and to display and to bear this fruit of the Spirit? I think we're going to struggle often. And the temptation will be, okay, I've been trying, and I've been trying, and I've been trying, and I failed in this moment. And maybe I'm discouraged now, and I'm just not there. And this is going to be the thing that I'm just never going to overcome. And this fruit of the Spirit is never going to be displayed from my life, maybe just from other people, but never from me. And we need to fight against that temptation to dismay, that temptation to discouragement, and realize that God's promise is indeed for you. And don't miss the calling there to meditate upon the word of God. 1 Timothy 4, 16, 4, verse 13 through 16. I'll read this one because this is another passage that has been very helpful uh, for me. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, Paul is writing to Timothy and he says this. Till I come, give attendance to reading. Meditate. Give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. God's word to Joshua is God's word to us. Meditate upon these things. I must remind myself, because the world also has a programming that I could receive, and I need to actively push against that programming with the programming that God has given me the message that God has given. Meditate upon his word. I'll move to my last point where God calls Joshua in community. You've already heard me kind of allude to this, but he says there, be strong and of a good courage for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land. I was reminded as, uh, last week when Pastor walked us through some ways of building intention for the new year, recognizing where God has grown us in the past and where God is calling us in this year. And he pointed us to this passage of Ephesians chapter 4. In Ephesians chapter 4, he says in verse 8, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. This is talking about Christ and what he has done for you and me. He gives us gifts. He gives us gifts. At Christmas, we know we can expect gifts. He gives us gifts as well. And God has given gifts unto men, and he says, what kind of gifts? He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. He's given us gifts. But there's a purpose for these gifts. And that's what Pastor pointed us to. What are these gifts for? Verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints. In other words, God has given you a gift, and that gift is for one another. 
And that really grabbed my attention because usually when I approach kind of the new year, I go, okay, what are the ways in which I want to be better in this new year to experience better this year? And what I heard from pastor there was, hey, this is not about you only. This is about the people of God. This is about one another. So just as God called Joshua to cause the people to inherit and experience something, God has called you specifically for us and one another to experience something together for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. That yearning, that aching that we have to grow in the Spirit and in the fruit of the Spirit is also a yearning that we have as a body together to experience something that we can only experience together in community, just as Joshua had to wait 40 years to experience something in community that he could not experience and inherit by himself. We wait with one another and we tarry with one another to experience the kingdom of God in community. So I'll ask us now as I begin to close, notice that fruit that you wrote down or that you thought of. Is it love? Is it joy? Is it peace? Is it long-suffering? For me, it's this faith or faithfulness. And I want to ask you, who is depending upon your growth in this fruit of the Spirit? Is it your children? Is it your friends? Is it your parents? Is it our church? How much are we, one another, waiting for one another to bear more and more fruit for the benefit of the whole body? And God's church is not limited to one location. The whole world and around the world, the kingdom of God is waiting to see something. Who is depending upon your growth? Remember God's word to Joshua, to be strong, to be courageous. Remember his warnings. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Meditate. Fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. May we experience it.